Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Those Judeans in the gospel here, man, they just, they just can't see it, right? This man has been cured, he's carrying his mat, and they're like, hey, who told you you could carry that mat? It's a Sabbath. Like, I, I was paralyzed? Can we talk about that? They just miss it. They just miss it. So focused on the wrong things. All right, I want to focus on Jesus' question in this gospel because this question can almost seem cold, almost cruel, right? Almost insulting. Here's this paralytic man who's been lying by the waters of this pool for going on 38 years. And it says that Jesus, that he was familiar with this man. In fact, in Jerusalem, the Pool of Bethesda is right near where traditionally the home of uh, Joachim and Anne was. That's where their home was. So you can imagine Jesus growing up visiting his grandparents in Jerusalem. He would have passed by the Pool of Bethesda seeing these people. He would have seen this man. As a young boy, he would have seen this man lying by this pool. Everyone knows why all these people are lying around the pool. Because there was this strange pagan legend that when the waters get stirred up, it's because this mystical, invisible angel is coming to touch and stir up the waters, and the waters have healing properties. It was probably a gas vent beneath the water that was bubbling up. They thought it was an angel. So everyone in Jerusalem knows that these folks, they gathered around the pool. Everyone knows. They're gathering there around the pool because they are... They have a great need. They are deeply desiring healing. These people, have, they've run out of hope. Like this is their last hope, lying by this pool, hoping that when the waters bubble up, maybe somehow I can be the first one in and maybe somehow I'll be healed. These people are desperate. Imagine what this scene looks like. Imagine what this scene smells like, what this place looks like when like this sort of Black Friday rush happens when the water begins to bubble. This teeming mass of people all rushing into the pool. Okay, so Jesus comes to this man who he knows and he asks him, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? I don't know about how your heart hears that or, or how your heart experiences that, but there's a part of my heart that feels for this man as Jesus asks him this question. Like, I want to snap back at Jesus and be like, well, like, what do you think? Like, obviously, I'm lying here. I've been here for 38 years. I'm crippled. Like, do you seriously think that I want to just, like, live this way? Like, what do you think? But I think Jesus' question, I think there, it's, it's probing very deep and very fragile places in this man's heart. And to be honest, it, it probes very deep and fragile places in our hearts as well. Because like, there's a part of our heart, there's a part of my heart that's not sure that I do want to be healed. Like, I'm not sure that I want out of this mess. I'm not sure that I want to learn a new way to be. I mean, think about this man. 38 years is a long time to just become accustomed to this way of begging and hoping and waiting. Now, when I was in seminary, 
there's uh, in, in the main chapel, Resurrection Chapel, there's beautiful stained glass windows that line the chapel. And the back left window, um, it depicts Jesus as the good shepherd. And he's approaching this sheep that's stuck in this thorn bush. I used to sit in the back row of the chapel for evening prayer, and I just would sit and lean and look at this window, looking at this sheep, thinking about Jesus. And I used to see myself as that sheep. Like, sheep are dumb. And there's a lot of times I felt just dumb. Dumb and, like, often getting myself into predicaments and situations, my own sinfulness, my own stupidity, my own addictions, all of these things. In this thorn bush of my own brokenness, much, I would much rather not be stuck in this place. Like that sheep. Like I'm sure that wasn't a pleasant place to be. Right? Jesus comes to this sheep. He comes to this man at the pool of Bethesda. Do you want to be well? Sheep, do you want to be unstuck? Do you want to be out of this thorn bush of sin that you've landed yourself in, Patrick? Yeah. I would love that. But then again, I don't know. <laughs> like I pictured this sheep. He's, he's going along his life and then he accidentally or however it happens, he finds himself stuck in this thorn bush. And imagine how that felt in his body as initially the shock of the thorns strike his body. And I'm sure initially he was fighting to try and get out of this bush. But the more he fought, the deeper the thorns went. And you get to a point where you just don't want to fight anymore. You don't want to feel the pain anymore. So you just resign yourself to the situation. This is just my life. This is where I am. I'm a person who's stuck. I'm just stuck. And he learned to live with the pain. And he began to adjust everything around the pain. Everything becomes accustomed to it. Or for this paralytic man, his whole identity, his whole way of life, his whole way of being has been conditioned by his own bodily limitations. I mean, I can imagine him sitting there thinking, I wouldn't even know how to exist if I had my legs back. I, I, I wouldn't know how to work. I, I, don't, I don't know how to work. I wouldn't know how to earn a wage. I, I wouldn't know how to interact with people. All I know how to interact with people is, one, either begging them to put me in the water, or two, begging them for money. I don't know how to interact with people. I'm a beggar. I'm a paralyzed man. This is my identity, my wounds, my sins, my thorn bush. It's set the parameters of my heart. So no, I don't know if I want to be well. I don't know if I want to learn a whole new way of being. Like, what would it be like? What would it be like to not walk around all day feeling the burden of anger and past resentments? I've spent, you can imagine someone saying, I've spent the last 50 years of my life carrying this burden of anger, of resentment, of unforgiveness, this victim mentality. I'm the hurt one. I'm the wounded one. I'm the one who is affected. I wouldn't even know how to be if I didn't feel that anymore. Like, I wouldn't even know how to get up. I'm not sure. I, I would even know myself if I was not bound up with the stuff that weighs me down. Like, the stuff that hurt me. How I've hurt myself. I wouldn't even know how to be. Friends, this, this is how the real Jesus comes forward. This is the real Jesus, the real Jesus who wants to free, who wants to liberate, who wants to heal. He knows our hearts. He knows our fears. He, and he's really asking the question. Right? He shows up in the synagogue at Nazareth. He unrolls the scroll. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim a year of favor to the poor. Sometimes we get so institutionalized by our own forms of woundedness and brokenness that we don't even, we can't even imagine another way. Have you ever seen the movie Shawshank Redemption? Think of that character Brooks. He'd spent his whole life living in the prison. He'd been conditioned by the imprisonment. And he's finally paroled, he's released. And he can't handle it. And he takes his life. He can't even imagine what it'd be like to experience freedom. But here Jesus is today, the real Jesus, who's asking the question, do you want to be freed? Do you want to be well? The Eucharist is medicine. It is healing. It is freedom. So if you want to be well, again, ask him. Don't make excuses like this guy did. I don't have anyone to put me in the water. Just say yes. From the depths of your heart, from the depths of those places, just say yes. And he will make you well. Amen.